God is so faithful, isn't he? He is so good to his people. And I'm so thankful for, for where we've come from and so thankful for this God adventure that we're on together. And I don't know about you, but there's a shift that's taken place, not only the natural, because we've moved from Headingley to this place, but there is a shift in the supernatural amongst us. Can you feel it? Can you taste it? Can you smell it? I can. And um, there has never been a moment in history that is like the one that we're in at the moment. And I feel like we're standing kind of on that, not a precipice, as in we're going to fall over the edge, but that we're going to take off and fly. That's what I feel like in my spirit. I don't know if that kind of resonates with anyone, but that's what I'm feeling in my spirit. And um, I'm just so excited about our future and the works that God has prepared in advance for us to do here in this community and in the wonderful city of Leeds. And Sarah, you read that and you prayed that earlier on. So, you know, God is speaking something this morning. Okay. Um, this morning, I'm really excited to share something that God is speaking to me. God has been speaking to me recently. And um, it involves a change of name for us as a church. So I'm putting that out there right from the off. It involves a change of name for us. Okay, so over the last number of years, God has particularly spoken to Mark about a change of name, not just for change's sake, but because it's going to be significant for our future. And I know he's, you know, this is not new stuff. He's mentioned this in quite a few meetings and different settings, and so a number of you will know about it. And I think the last time you mentioned it was our last fireside chat that we had. Um, uh, that's right, Pat Matthews, is she here today? You mentioned it, and Mark said, we are going to be this for, you know, at this time, but, you know, we're looking to God for what he wants us to be known as. So, um, you know, we've been open to hearing God's voice about this, and, um, you know, we've, we've just sought him about it, and we've kind of batted names about between ourselves as a couple and wider than that with a few others, and, you know, it just hasn't materialized up till now. And, um, yeah, at the, at the end of last month, so May 2015, I was at um, a conference, women's conference at Leeds Arena called the Cherish Conference. And um, this one night, God spoke clearly to me. And um, I wasn't actively seeking him at this particular moment about a, a, a change of name for us. I was just listening to this crazy, hilarious American woman uh, called Andy Andrews. As an aside, if you ever get to listen to her, she is like a comedian and a preacher all rolled up into one. She's so much fun, isn't she, Lisa? Um, and yeah, I was just really enjoying listening to her and, you know, having a laugh listening to her. But um, she was speaking from Luke 4. And um, I don't know if you know Luke 4 very well, but in this particular chapter, it's when Jesus has been in the wilderness and he's been tested by the devil and he comes out, he comes out full of the Holy Spirit and the next place that he goes to after that is his hometown of Nazareth. And um, he, it says that, as usual, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath, on the Saturday. And he's handed a scroll. And he pinpoints what we know as Isaiah 61. And he speaks this. And you can again read it on that little um, bit of paper that's been printed out for you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And we find that, yeah, amen to that. He, we find that in Luke 4, verses 18 to 19, if you want to reference it for yourself. 
And as I was listening to her speaking and, and just reading this passage out, God showed me a picture. And it wasn't a picture that I could browse for very long because it was like an aeroplane uh, kind of it, it kind of flashed through my mind, like, you know, an aeroplane going really fast in the sky, like trailing a sign behind it. I think we've got a picture to put up. And this is what God said to me and showed me, Freedom Church. That was what was on the banner. Um, but I knew what it said, even though it was like a flash, because I received it in my spirit at that time. And, um, yeah, he began to speak to me more about this. And he said um, that this is to be your new name. Um, he said, but this is not only a name. This is what I will make you known for. That when people come amongst you, they will encounter my spirit and they will walk into freedom. And he just said to me that our mandate, our mission, it's so simple. It's Luke 4, 18 to 19, which was Jesus' mandate on this earth. And I'm going to read it again, but I'm going to supplement me, um, us, for where it says me. So the spirit of the Lord is upon us, for he has anointed us to bring good news to the poor. He has sent us to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So, yeah, I kind of felt like I, you know, have you ever had that kind of experience where for a few few moments even, you're not in that room? (laughs) So I kind of came back down to what was being said and kind of just stored that away. But when I got home, I was so excited, and Lisa dropped me off, and I was like, okay, are you in that room, Mark? Are you in that room? No, no, you must be upstairs in the study, because if he's not downstairs, he'll be in the study working. So I went straight up to the study, and um, I said, Mark, has God spoken to you about our new name yet? And he said, no. And I said, well, God has spoken to me this evening. And he's like, okay, yeah, don't leave me hanging. Yeah, what is it? And um, I just told him, I said, God says we're to be known as Freedom Church. That's, that's the name that he wants for us. And Mark immediately, usually Mark's quite considered. He doesn't kind of like jump into stuff like um, really, really quick. He will kind of consider it. And then maybe a few moments later, he might say, oh, yeah, let's do that or whatever. But immediately he said, yeah, that's it. That, that's the one. And it was like, you know, that moment um, where Mary um, goes, she's pregnant with Jesus and she goes to stay with her cousin Elizabeth and who's pregnant with John the Baptist. And it says John leapt inside Elizabeth's womb because there was a spirit thing going on there. There was that just spirit to spirit, you know, just recognizing who Jesus was. And it felt like a moment there where something resonated in our spirits together. And we shared this with a few people and there's been a a resonance there and an excitement um, for this and where a name change will take us in the future. So God's timing in revealing this is really interesting because it ties in with this move, with our new adventure, this new community that we're part of now that we want to reach with the good news. And I remember saying to Mark about 18 months before we sold Ashwood Centre, you know, what if God hasn't released us from this building because we haven't sought him, you know, heart and soul, we haven't sought him for where he wants us to go, you know, and God always has somewhere for us to go. If he's asking us to leave somewhere, he's got somewhere for us to go. And I said, you know, we've been so kind of concerned with and so focused on being released. And we know that, we know why we want to be released, 
but we don't know where he wants us to go. And okay, what did we do? We got on our knees and we said, God, we need to hear your voice. And I'm talking about not just us, but we together. We said, God, we need to know where we need to be, where you want us to be. And what did he do? He started speaking to us about it. And we're here now. God is just amazing. So um, the timing is just really, I just think it's really interesting in this. Um, Find my place in the notes. Okay, so I believe that God was waiting for us to be, uh, for us to be ready to receive a new a new name, to be here, um, to receive a new identity and mandate, and that this is the right time for that. And um, in the Bible, there are some particular places where God changes names, and um, that's significant and it's for purpose, not just because God thought, oh, I'm a bit, a bit bored with calling that person that name. I think I'll change it today. But no, because he had a purpose for for that person. And I don't have time to go into all the detail of these people's stories. But in Genesis 17, God gives Abram, meaning exalted father, a new name, Abraham, meaning father of many nations. And in the same chapter, he gives Abram's wife, Sarai, which means princess, a new name, Sarah, mother of many. And Abram was aged 99 and childless when God spoke to him about the many descendants he would have. And he changed his name accordingly because God knew what was coming. Sarah was aged 90 when she gave birth to Isaac. And, you know, we refer to Abraham as the father of our faith, don't we? In Genesis 35, so a bit later on in that book, Jacob, which means supplanter, to, make, uh, to take somebody's place usually on purpose, um, was, he was renamed Israel, meaning struggles, struggling with God. And Jacob, I don't know if you remember, but he was born holding on to his twin Esau's heel. And then he tricked his father Isaac into giving him the blessing that was meant for Esau. Um, and, um, but God met with him and he struggled with God. But God said, um, though you've struggled with me, I'm going to bless you and your descendants will be many as well. And God was faithful to that promise. And that's where the t- 12 tribes of Israel came from. Uh, Looking to the New Testament in uh, the book of John, chapter 1, Jesus renamed Simon, meaning reed-like, like like a reed going in the wind like this, um, to Cephas, and we know him as Peter, meaning rock-like. And Simon had only just begun to follow Jesus at this point, but yet Jesus knew what his destiny would be, and he renamed him accordingly. Um, There's a, a place in Acts Uh, where um, Luke, the writer, he refers to Saul. If you look in the beginning, he refers to Saul. And then he begins to use the name Paul instead. And it's actually a misconception that God changed his name after Paul encountered um, God on the road to Damascus. Um, But Saul was known as both Saul and Paul. But he began to use the name Paul after his conversion because that name was familiar to the people he wanted to reach. So by embracing that name, he was embracing God's mission to the people that God, that God has sent him to, the Gentiles. And when God changes people's names, it was prophetic. And it was to take them forwards into their future, into his plans and purposes for their life. And with the ripple effect into future generations um, so that they would fulfill their destinies. And when we were uh, renamed City Church Leeds, we'd been City of God in Leeds for those people who go way, way, way back. 
we were renamed City Church Leeds, and it was for a purpose, and that name has served its purpose for a long season. And changing our name doesn't mean that we throw the baby out with the bathwater and we throw everything that's been out. Um, we still have a vision to reach this wonderful city of Leeds. Um, think of it like God spoke to me and said, um, like how, how I want you to communicate it is like, think of a, when a woman gets married, traditionally she takes on her husband's name. And it doesn't mean that she becomes a completely different woman with new DNA and um, she, she doesn't reject her past or the family that she's come from. But this taking on this new name, um, it's, it signifies a new identity, a new joining, a new adventure in life with her husband, the beginning of a new line of family. And as a church, we want to marry ourselves to the purposes of God Amen. and the destiny that he has for us in this new season and beyond and God is going to use all that he's put in us. And, you know, the DNA that we carry, he's going to use that. But he's going to build something that looks new, that looks different to what's gone before. He's going to do new things in us and through us. I believe he's already begun that. And um, just as an aside, I believe that there is great creativity. As I look out amongst our wonderful family, there is great creativity amongst us. And I'm not just talking about the creative arts although that's a part of it. But he wants to use those of us who are creative thinkers and strategists, those of us who are creative in encouragement and hospitality and generosity, but not just limited to those things. You know, we have got, we're made in God's image. We have got something of his crea creation, his creativity in us, and he wants that to get let out. Okay, and he's going to draw that out and he's going to liberate us and he's going to liberate others through that. I really just believe that in my spirit. And um, thinking about freedom, it's not just for us Christians walking in the freedom that we have in Christ, but it's about reaching out to those in our community, like Ben was just saying with the children. Um, and it's through God's spirit. It's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit bringing freedom to those who are physically sick, soul sick, mentally sick, the poor, the addicted, people who were tied up in an identity that they were never meant to have or own. And we have the exact same mandate as Jesus did, to free the captives, to free the oppressed, to bring sight to the blind physically and spiritually, to bring good news to the poor and to proclaim that this is the time of the Lord's favour. And he's anointed us to do this. Like, as, you know, it's not in our own strength. We have an anointing to do this. And, um, yeah, this, this name, just freedom, it's a prophetic declaration about what will happen when people come amongst us, whether we're in here, whether we're out there, um, when they experience God's love, his presence and his power, it's going to bring transformation. It can't do anything but bring transformation. And I believe that embracing this new name will start with us. Uh, as we look together, what does this mean for us to day by day live in freedom? And we may think we know what it looks like but, um, and, and what it sounds like. But yeah, God just wants to take us deeper into that freedom that we received. We received it when we received our salvation. But, you know, us, we outwork our salvation, don't we? And we outwork this day by day living in freedom. And he's going to draw us into greater measures of that. And I really believe he's going to set free. He's going to start with us. He's going to set free people who are amongst us. Um, and there are many, many things that 
you know, we struggle with. And we could write a very long list of those things. He wants to set people free from various addictions, from depression, from mental illness, from physical ailments. I just felt particularly those things that people just have learned to live with day by day. No, that is not God's best for you. You know, I've had enough of this. Oh, yeah, we'll just suffer on. We'll, we'll live with this. No, you know, God is going to heal. I really believe that. There's people sat in this room now who have things that you just kind of get on with, you know. You just get on with it and you don't complain about it. But it is not what, it's not God's best for you. And I want to see those people healed. He's going to free people from financial debt, from poverty. I'm talking amongst us, from the abuse of the past. Jesus is going to set people free from being defined by their past mistakes and from identities that people around you have put on you or from things that people have told you. You can't do that. You'll never do this. You'll never be successful at that. You'll never have anything valuable valuable to offer. All lies. You know, that is not what God says about you. Greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. God wants to bring us into a freedom and a boldness to be who he has created us to be. And to express that to others. And I want us to be a peop- uh, become a people who walk in our true identity that God has given us. A people so liberated from the mold that the world tries to squeeze us into. A people so transformed by our relationship with God that others can't help but be drawn into his kingdom. And I just want to go back to creativity. I just... This is just what God's been speaking to me. I really believe that part of our experience and our reality of freedom is in creativity. And it does have to do with the arts amongst us. At the back end of last year, do you remember Ian Russell? He shared a picture that he had during our worship time together. And it was of a a beautiful gilded box. And coming from it was an incredible outpouring of sound and colour and a sense of joy streaming out of it. And God said that we are to be a people that exemplify the arts for his glory. That we will release something of heaven's beauty to the world. And God said through Ian, don't believe the lie, I am not creative. And I could speak much more on this, but I'll leave it there for today. Um, And last thing, we are living in a day where Leeds and this particular area of Richmond Hill is ripe for the harvest. That God's already been speaking that to us. And what the world has to offer is not satisfying people. And it certainly does, doesn't have the answers that people are crying out for. So what an opportunity we have, according to the mandate in Luke 4, 18 to 19, which I read out earlier, to speak and share the good news of Jesus Christ to the poor, the needy, the weak, the afflicted, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty for the captives, to proclaim that the blind will see again. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, so those who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. To proclaim that the time of the Lord's favour has come. This is the day when salvation and the free favour of God profusely abound. This is about people both physical and spiritual, their needs, spiritual and physical needs. This is about the hope that God has to offer to people. And we've been anointed to do this. Because of our own salvation, we've been set apart and empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
There is no one on earth who doesn't fit into one of these categories in some way. And our mandate is to pray, to intercede, to hear God's voice, to, to hear his word, to open our mouths and do this stuff. Yeah. It's not just about hearing, it's doing as well. And um, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm just so excited because I've just caught something in my spirit. It's not a feeling that's going to disappear next week or next month, but I've caught... Can you tell? <laughs> I've caught something in my spirit. And, um, you know, I hope this morning you have too. And um, I'm going to pass on to Mark before I kind of start babbling away. <laughs> I don't know what more there is to say, to be quite blunt with you. Um, wow. Isn't God good? It really is. Uh, I, yeah. Um, I want to read the same verse from, from the message. Because Kath kind of, she mentioned it there. Um, I, I guess I want to share just a little bit. This was Kathy's story of which we've now become a part because God has spoken to Kathy. And Kathy has many, many times, Kathy has been declared to be a prophet amongst us by many people. Uh, and, and so when she hears from God, I'm believing she's hearing from God. Kathy's not one of these people who just kind of makes things up or just feels a good feeling or whatever. She's heard from God. And, and there's been a number of affirmations from so many people that we've managed to get around to see and to chat. Um, of, of, yeah. and, and the big thing that, that, that has been said about the name is not... I'm jumping up and down with excitement, although that has been... You know, there's been one way. Yeah, that's it. You don't need to give me the reasons for it. I just love it. But actually, just this very simple phrase... It just feels right. It just seems right. It sits well. You know, and, and I love that because it says they're not getting caught up in the emotion of it. They're not getting caught up in, in, in just an excitement of it, but they're going very calmly. That just sits right. And I love that. And for me, that's, that's, a, that's kind of a confirmation that that really was God speaking. Um, he came to Nazareth, so it, it's, it's that bit... In, in Luke 4, I'm going to read it. God's spirit is upon me. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. Sent me to announce pardon to prisoners, to recovery of sight to the blind, to set the burdened and battered free, to announce, and this is the key, this is God's year to act. This is God's year to act. That right now, we're doing it. We're getting out there and we're beginning to do the do. We're beginning to, to work out his plan. Uh, for us as a, as a community, and that th- fills me with absolute joy, because what, it, what we've got now is a mandate that we can really plant our flag on. Vision is good, and, and I think you need to have a vision, but I kind of, for me, a vision for church is make disciples of all nations. And we're going to make disciples. We're going to see people come to faith and then make disciples. But that's when you say vision, it kind of almost feels it's there. It's out in the distance, an ideal we're aiming for, an ideal we're going for. But a mandate is right now. It's, it's a way of working it out. It's a way of, of stepping into all that God has got for us. And so Luke 4, taken from Isaiah 61, is a mandate. And there is, there's layers upon layers upon layers of things we could talk about, you know, in terms of freedom, in terms of liberty. It, it, quite interesting. I'm going to tell you a few things, which, which again, just reinforce that God is speaking to us. When Kathy was writing her notes in her notebook, she'd never really noticed this before. She got to the end, writing out that Luke bit, and the notebook is called called liberty. Right at the bottom, just where she wrote the last line, liberty. Every page says liberty. That's a prophetic statement. If there isn't one already, that's one there, right there. 
two occasions, and I thought it was just one. I went to um, Hope City Church, which is just down the road there. Um, I went to a conference of theirs in Sheffield a number of weeks ago. And Paul Scanlon, who used to lead Abundant Life Church, which is now called Life Church in Bradford, a number of you know Paul personally. Uh, a lot of you have heard of Paul. Um, great communicator, great leader, a um, bit of a Marmite character, I understand. Some people like what he says, some people don't. I personally think he's a great communicator, and I could listen to him all day. One of the things he said, which at that time I didn't, You know, I didn't think about it other than, yeah, that's good advice, was whatever you call yourself as a church is what people will expect you to be and what people will challenge you on. So if you're called Abundant Life Church, then people, when they see you, they expect you to be bigger, they expect you to be large, they expect you to be overflowing, full of abundant life. If you're called All Nations Church, they expect to come in and to see and to view People of all nations, of all different cultures and creeds amongst you. Whatever you say that you are is what you're going to be and what people expect you to be and what people will challenge you on as well. Um, and I got reminded that just a few weeks prior to that, Pete Topless had said the same thing. Pete Topless had been with us and he'd said exactly the same thing. Whatever you call yourself as a church, people are going to expect you to be that. So there's two cases where God, in, in advance of this, is going, I want to make you think about it. I want you to think about names. I want you to think about what they mean. I was chatting to, we, we met for lunch just a few weeks ago, a lovely couple called Mark and Hannah Pease. Some of you may know them. Um, Hannah is uh, John and Kate's daughter, married to Mark. And we sat and having lunch with them, and they lead uh, El Shaddai uh, Church in Bradford. And one of the things I asked them was, you know, did you have a vision for your church, you know, using that terminology? Um, and they said, well, we have, we have a mandate. And they reeled off this mandate. It wasn't the same mandate as that. It was something else. I can't, unfortunately, remember the actual mandate. But for them, they live, breathe, and eat this mandate, which is completely entirely scripturally, scripturally based. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it just helps them keep a plumb line of what they need to work towards or what they need to discard. So if it comes, comes, comes up with a great idea and they go, should we do this? They go, well, hang on a minute. Does that line up with our mandate? And if it doesn't, they go, brilliant idea, you go off and do it. But for us as a church, that's not where we're at. Nevertheless, somebody could come out and say something else. Yeah, bang on the money. We'll support that with finance people and other kinds of resource. So God has been speaking to me as well in, in all these little ways, moving towards this point of which God has said, this is your name. And don't you think it's funny that we were here for a week and that name comes? You know, we're in the move. We're actually stepping into it. And God starts speaking to us more clearly than ever. You will, find, you will find throughout Scripture that it's only when you begin to move the way that he wants you to move that the miracle occurs. When you're stepping into the Red Sea, it only starts to part when they're ankle deep. When the water turns to wine, it only turns to wine as it's moving across the room in faith to be placed on the table. And there are a number of other examples like that. So we've made this move. God has now given, we believe God has now given us a mandate. And from that mandate, we believe that our name is to be Freedom Church. I hope that excites you. I hope that kind of feeds your soul. The reason we're delaying leafleting is because we wanted to share this with you first. And we didn't want to be presumptuous that this was the thing that we needed to do. This was the name we needed to be called, although we completely believe it is. Um, but we wanted to give it to you and to say to you, do your hearts resonate with that? And you I love the yes this morning, but you don't have to say yes directly. You can, we want to give you maybe a week to just kind of go to God and say, God, what are you saying to me about this? And so there's opportunity now for you to take it to God yourself 
and say, God, will you speak to me too? Will you, or whatever it is, however you work that out in your own personal lives. And take a week to contact us, maybe with any questions you might have or any, any further kind of prophetic words that you might have for us. And then the week after, once we've kind of come to a decision, together with you guys, um, we'll, we'll then launch ourselves into this area with our new name. Um, I was speaking to Paul Airy this morning. Paul Airy is one of because they, the life group leaders we've spoken to and leaders of, uh, of other uh, trustees and what have you. Um, and Paul said to me this morning, he said, I've already thought of a new logo. I'm like, oh, right, wow, okay. Um, well, actually, I said to him, I said, I'd like us to keep the Leeds logo um, because Leeds still you know, loved, equipped, empowered, devoted, and sent because that says that, yes, we are to be a community church, but we do have one eye on the city. And that we rec- through that, that helps us recognize that we're just kind of one part of his big church in our city. Um, so loved, equipped, empowered, devoted, and sent. And it's important that we do that because that links to our past, something that we're bringing through now into our future, and we're not letting go. Over the last few years, myself, particularly myself and John, uh, we've, we've met more and more leaders and church leaders and people of other organizations across the city, and people have begun to understand who we are better than ever before. But it's not only between myself and John, but actually a lot of you are involved in cross-city things. You know, I'm thinking of Kingdom Performance Ministries, I'm thinking of Leeds You Cell Network, I'm thinking of Kids Club and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's not just the leaders here that are involved across the city, but it's you guys as well and your various ways and means. We're connecting to the city. So that, we will keep that logo. But the funny thing was that Paul said to me, he said, yes, we keep it, but I want to release it from the boxes. So you know the boxes? You, know the, you can see them, can't you? It says, keep these and keep the colors but release it so we're expressing freedom. We get rid of, I don't know, he's, he's still kind of working it through. So it'll be similar to that, but it'll be just free, you know, and it'll express everything that we are. Um, somebody who's design-minded, these things are important. You might not think these things are important, it's just something that we do. But actually, subconsciously, yeah. you, you, it speaks to you in many, many ways. How many knows the Nike logo off the top of their head? You know, how many knows the Adidas logo off the top of their head? You know, the McDonald's and everything else. It speaks to you. You know about it. it begins to, you begin to connect identity to that. So if Paul is sensing in his spirit that we need to just slightly adjust these things and release them, then I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. And we'll see, we'll see where that goes. So um, I'm going to ask John. John, are you still up for just sharing or do you think everything has been shared? Just come and say two words. Um, but before John does do that, I just want to say, we just take a week, contact us, you know, pray about it. That'd be amazing, you know. If it just resonates with you right now, then just, just thank God for it as you go on through the week, you know. Um, but for everybody else that, that maybe you're just struggling a little bit, you know, just pray, pray it through, contact us. Let's have a conversation. John. Cheers. Uh, first off, I just want to say, Kathy, I thought you did a brilliant, yeah. absolutely brilliant job. Oh, absolutely inspiring. Well done. Thank you. Um, these guys shared that bit of their journey with us. And when Kate and I were on holiday, <clears throat> we were up in the Lake District. We got back last weekend. And uh, so we had the the serenity of the lakes in which to kind of just let this stuff soak and then we, we met up what was it last sunday just when i had lunch together and <clears throat> our, our response was great you know this this is 
uh, this speaks for us of who we are. And I think the thing that um, has gripped me about it, and, I, and you talked about it, and you've talked about it, is that this isn't something that is a finality. It's not, right, that's it, over, okay, let's just go and do the business now. It's actually the beginning of something. And that's what I find really exciting about this, because to me, this word from Scripture and what it was that Jesus actually brought into this created world was the freedom of heaven, the freedom of his own life and relationship and everything, that all the capacity that is in him, he was bringing it into the world and saying, come, I want my creation to be part of what I live in. And for me, <clears throat> this beginning is the beginning of, um, if you like, a conversation amongst us. What, what does it mean? What does it mean for us actually to be free? And, you know, we think about freedom. Um, you, you must all have seen the old Braveheart thing, haven't you? you know, and, but it tends to be used in a world sense as a, a kind of rallying cry. Yes, yeah, we all love freedom. But freedom from what? Freedom for what? Freedom to what? Uh, and so Braveheart bravely led them into, you know, um, well, it was a, a victory on that occasion, but it, the result didn't turn out well for him. But <clears throat> that is not so for us. And so all I want to say is this. I want us to, as, as we kind of enter this new phase, actually to be ready to engage in that conversation, to think about what is it that God is calling us up to in terms of the freedoms that we have come into in Christ and also where he's taking us, what it is that we carry with us. I, that's as much as I want to say. Thank you. Great. Brilliant. Thanks, John. Um, just to just add a little text from a certain individual, just to make it clear, um, we believe that is the name we're to be called, so we're not asking for you to think of other names. And, and things like that. We're asking for you to consider prayerfully what God is saying to you also about that name and to link in what John just said, then what does that then mean for you individually and for us as a church? So is that clear? Is that clear enough? Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Well, listen, guys, um, normally at this point, we, we kind of stand up and we pray that blessing. Um, I'd like us to say, to speak the Luke mandate once again. What I'd like us to do is get us to a place where, just, as with Hannah and, and Mark Pease, that they can, it just rolls off. It's just something that they live and breathe. So I'm going to grab it, so I use the same translation. Thanks, buddy. So let's all stand again. And again, you know, let's say us. Let's say us as we say it. I don't think you can say scripture enough. <laughs> I think, you know, it, it, it just speaks and feeds your soul as you, as you say it out loud. That's a good tip for you, by the way, following on from Jeff's kind of Bible word last week. Read the Bible out loud. You know, often I find it helps if I'm walking to and fro across the room just to help it come alive. Okay, you ready? So the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. 
for he has anointed us to bring good news to the poor. He has sent us to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Can we give God a huge round of applause? Shout out of just, you know, he is good, he is amazing, and we love him, and we think he's fantastic. You are good. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. And, and just to say again, Kath, amazing. My heart just, just moved and shifted, uh, and, and I, just, I picked that spirit, my, my spirit once again connected with what you were saying. Well done, good and faithful servant. Brilliant. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone and we also have lots of fun. In this house we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We In this house, that means we, we love. love.